There is no secret formula for better customer service. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot, bringing service and support together in one powerful platform so you can deliver the best experiences possible and free up a rep's time with an AI-powered help desk. Also, you can easily support and grow your customer base. Secrets out, everybody. Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Good morning, everyone. It's Thursday, October 26th. I'm Ben Berkeley here with Juliet Bennett-Ryla and Lestrange Alfred, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. We usually don't care how you're listening. We're just honored that you are listening. But today's episode is one where we should maybe warn you, it's not really a great choice to play it through your office's speaker system or while driving kids to school. We're gonna be diving into the ways AI is being used for adult purposes, like writing erotica and steamy chatbot conversations. The thing to know up front, never, never underestimate humanity's capacity to harness new tech for sex stuff. More on that in a moment, but first let's talk to the headlines in the world of business and tech. Bud Light is becoming the official beer of the UFC. The Anheuser-Busch brand will try to reverse its sales slide with a quote, highly visible multi-year sponsorship. This will start in January. Bud Light was previously the top selling beer in the US and then ran into severe backlash over support of the transgender community. Now they're gonna kind of pull this like George Costanza move and roll in pretending like nothing ever happened and try to win back portions of their previous base. Will it work? Uh, any, any projections from either of you? I think it'll work. People tend to have a pretty short memory about a lot of these things, especially considering that the quote unquote offense wasn't anything bad. (laughs) Bud Light didn't do anything bad in their pride campaign this year when they were working with Dylan, which is what caused the whole controversy. And so I think getting in front of this audience in a sport where I'm sure people center it around beer consumption anyway, I think will be just fine and will help them out of their slump. It'll definitely be fascinating to watch. One thing that we should also note here, it replaces Modelo as the UFC's beer sponsor. And that is, in fact, the beer that dethroned Bud Light from its top selling perch. Moving along to Cruise, the GM owned autonomous vehicle company, they They're having a little bit of trouble here. The DMV in the state of California has revoked their license to allow them to offer driverless taxi rides. This happened after they withheld footage of a pedestrian injury. So this is kind of a big blow for the self-driving car business. More than 15,000 scientists signed a report saying climate change and the extreme natural disasters that it's causing are so bad that we may face societal and ecological collapse. Just thought you might want to start your day with that knowledge. Feels good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really love that one. Streaming is getting more expensive. Apple TV Plus joining the likes of Hulu and Netflix before them will increase its prices. Users will now pay about $10 a month, up from $7 most recently. It was about $5 when they launched just in 2019. Is there any end in sight to this? I assume we're all just going to be paying in another year or two. Why would they stop? You know, it's feeling real cable-ish with all these streaming services raising their prices. I think it's going to get to a point where people are going to basically be subscribing per show, where it's like, 
What's what's the network that Yellow Jackets is on? Showtime. Like I don't watch anything else on Showtime, so it's going to be at a point where instead of paying, you know, the four ninety nine for whatever it costs, I'm only going to subscribe when the show is on. Then I'm going to binge the show as fast as possible, and then I'm going to unsubscribe. I'm doing that right now with AMC Plus. I'm binging all of Interview with the Vampire, and then I'm going to then I might have to turn it off because I just I can't afford all of these twelve twenty dollar a month subscriptions just for TV when I'm not I'm not only watching one show at a time. I will say my calendar, if you look at it, you can probably find about every month. It's like, do I want to cancel this service right now? Now's the time to get off this train, if so. And mm-hmm. then my viewing habits very quickly follow. What what do I need on this platform? And then, oh, I probably won't need anything for another three months until that thing comes out. So out it goes. This is going to be a really weird, I don't understand how that's going to be good for anyone's numbers if that's the way that the average consumer is going to approach it, which they, I have to assume they will. Yeah, I think it's going to be constant churn and you're not really ever going to have like a full, I mean, maybe you'll have an idea of like this content is what people come here for. Oh, Stranger Things is back on. Okay, all these people are coming back. Oh, there's a new Star Wars show. Everybody's Disney Plus. But yeah, I think it's going to get weird. I'd have to assume we'll also see a lot more consolidation in this space before the next, maybe even next year is out. We will watch more on that. But for now, let's move on to YouTube. They're having quite the week. Shorts, which is YouTube's TikTok rival, is now averaging 70 billion daily views. That's up from 50 billion to start the year. Also, its ad revenue beat expectations, coming in just shy of $8 billion last quarter. YouTube continues to be a juggernaut. Meanwhile, its rival TikTok will host its first music festival this December in Arizona. Performers include Cardi B, Niall Horan, Anita, and Charlie Puth. And that happens to be right near where my parents live. So I can't wait to have to explain who those artists are to them when the billboards are going up. And one more here before our main story. Marvel and East Continental Gems partnered on the Infinity Collection of Gemstones, a group of precious stones that mirror those in Thanos' gauntlet that you see in movies like Endgame. Despite the $25 million price tag, these are actually not powerful. Just want to note that for whatever very rich nerd goes for these in the end, they will not be able to make half of the universe's population go away with a snap of a finger. Just think that's probably worth clarifying. Okay, and let's move on to our main story. For those who have sensitive ears, you know, thank you for joining us today. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network, all that jazz we say at the end. But for those of you who want to hear about the sexification of AI, well, here we go. Juliet, you researched and wrote this story today. Can you give us an overview of what you're seeing out there? Yeah, we've got a couple new companies that are making some moves, one of which is PIRR, P-I-R-R. That's a Swedish startup that recently raised a $430,000 angel round, and it helps you write erotica. So if you are looking to create some sexy fan fiction, there you go. It will help you in in ways that other AI bots will not. Other AI bots will be like, no, I don't want to talk about that kind of smut with you. This one is all about it. The company says it has over 150,000 users who generally spend about 22 minutes in a writing session. The other big news in this space is adult film star Riley Reed has launched an AI chatbot of her own with co-founder Lena the Plug. It's called Clona AI, and this will allow you to have sexy conversations with AI versions of initially just these two, Riley and Lena, 
but eventually whoever else joins this platform. So these AI bots are trained on content that features them. So videos that they're in, podcast interviews, et cetera, and then also fine-tuned on just individual conversations with them so that when people are chatting with these bots, either via text or voice simulation, it uh, sounds like they're talking to this actual performer. Huh. How? Okay, so what are, what, I mean, what's the price point on this and like who's, who is profiting? Are, are the performer, are, you know, these adult stars making this money themselves? Is this going to some sort of larger company above them that's that's putting this technology together? What's going on there? So if you want to sign up for free, you can, but you're only going to get five messages a month. So that's not, not very exciting. Otherwise, it's going to be $30 a month per person you subscribe to. That number may change depending on who the person is. I think it's going to be a lot like OnlyFans or Patreon, where you have someone that you can subscribe to. They set the price and what you get for it. And then, you know, some of that obviously goes to the platform, but some of it goes to the person that's the bot. And what's interesting here, I think, is that especially with adult content, you have a lot of deep fakes going on. Like someone can just go and type in, I want to see this person doing this thing. And there are AI platforms just for that, just for not safe for work content. But someone like Riley Reed, who's being deep fake, does not make any money when that occurs. In this situation... She has not only trained the bot to sound like her and given her consent for it, but she'll also make money off of it. She has also trained it, she said, to not talk about topics that she wouldn't discuss and not give opinions that she wouldn't give. So there's, you know, I wouldn't say there's no risk because you never know what AI is going to do. But if someone wants to discuss something, I don't know, illegal with her bot, she would not talk about it. Interesting. I mean, I, I guess, I mean, you noted this. This is, these are your, your words I'm I'm bringing back at you, but like, kind of mentioned from video games to VR, every technological advancement brings a moment where humans wonder, okay, but how can this be about sex? And obviously this is no exception. And this is just what, this is what humans do. It does feel kind of scary that we are at this point. I think there's just so, there's so much still unknown. And like you mentioned that there are trying to put in guardrails of like not discussing acts that could be dangerous. Uh Training that is going to be really challenging. Right. And, you know, she was saying she was talking about a particular act that I will not share on this podcast. You can go read the Four of Media (laughs) article if you want to know what that act is and then Google at your own risk. She was saying, like, I thought about this particular act and I, I don't know that our tech people thought about this particular act, but I did. And I don't want my AI bot encouraging somebody to try that. So, yeah, they are trying to put in these guardrails, but I think it's going to take a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, it's also it's also kind of wild to think about as like anyone who has AI experience jobs are so readily available and they're paying insane amounts. I think we talked a couple of weeks ago about this Netflix job that was like 900K to (laughs) do AI. I love that there are just people who have this expertise who are just putting it here like yeah. <laughs> What's going on? That's that's wild. That's like you could be making so much money. Not that this won't make money. I have to assume it's a relatively easy path to market this and get people into this type of service. Yeah, I think I think at a surface level, it feels kind of weird. You're like, why would I want to talk to a chatbot version of, of a porn star? But, you know, I, I think there are a lot of people who are seeking some form of intimacy, digital or otherwise, and this allows them to have fantasies on demand, kind of like, oh, I can I can talk about this topic or I can write this kind of story or I can generate this type of image. And I, it's just me and the bot and I don't have to feel embarrassed about it. And, you know, like I said, we've seen it with video games. Yeah. And it's also, it's also purpose built. You know, I think something, let's look in like the 
wider in the AI space, something like character.ai, I believe is like a really, one of the bigger startups out there. And they've raised like maybe almost 200 million, I think I remember seeing. And there was an article recently that said that users spend maybe about two hours a day on their site. I assume that's a platform where like, they're never gonna condone using it in that way. And it's not necessarily set up that way. And yet I'm sure a lot of people are doing it. It is kind of nice that this avenue exists if that's your inclination that you do have a space where it's theoretically going to be a better product. Uh-huh. One quick question. Have you did you read any of the erotica written by that Swedish startup? Um, I did not read the Swedish erotica startup, but you know what I did do? I looked at this website, another one that I found called Bloom. Now this one has characters that you can choose from a variety of different people and groups of people, if that's your thing. And you're like, okay, I want to have a story with this person. And you can you can sign up for free. So I did. And I picked, I don't even remember his name. It was like Barry or I don't know. And what was weird about it was, so you put in your name and your preferred pronouns and then the chat bot is like, oh, hi, let's have a spicy conversation. What do you think about this scenario that I'm proposing? And I was just, you know, I was like, yeah, sure. Let's, let's do this scenario. And then it generates like a 45 second audio clip. That's like, okay, I'm here. I'm sitting here. I'm wearing this. And then you come in and you're doing this. But then it said my name that I'd put in. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I like that. Like I was, I was just trying to be a voyeur in this situation. But I, you know, I felt what was interesting about that is, you know, I feel like a lot of adult content is very much geared towards men. This felt very geared towards women. It felt like I was on TikTok and I was scrolling through like book talk and half of book talk is just like saucy romance novels that people are talking about. Like that's what this felt like. It was like, oh, this is like a romance novel. And this is all about like personal attention and consent. And let's talk about our fantasies together, even though this is a bot and this bot has a personality and I can choose the bot that relates the most to me. Like that was interesting to me, the way that like it felt like anyone could use it. I feel like we are starting to really enter into the uh, a very different era of AI where it is going to show up in so many more facets of life. This obviously is a facet. So on that note, we're going to call it a day here. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Ezra Trupiano, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. Got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email. We will see you tomorrow. Hey, everybody. I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work. And it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team, Alan, Leanne, Elliot, as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player, Diego Maradona. He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies, and Work wherever you get your podcasts.